Welcome into episode 165 of the Sources Say podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR podcast network. The Sources Say podcast is presented, as always, by our good friends at Justice Dental. You can make an appointment at one of two Lexington locations. That's on Wellington Way and Blazer Parkway. Now is a great time to schedule your dental cleaning. Remember that regular dental appointments are important for your overall health. You can learn more and make an appointment at justicedental.com. Dr. Justice and Dr. Thompson look forward to seeing you soon. I'm your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very happy to be joined once again by the one and only Sean Smith of Gobi Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you? I'm doing great, Jack. How are you? Oh, just doing lovely, enjoying this uh, beautiful weather. Uh, we are preparing for Kentucky's regular season finale. They are down in Gainesville. One last game, Sean, before uh, the team goes back to Tampa. I'm curious. I wonder if they'll just stay down there, uh, enjoy the warm weather for a week, and just go drive on over the, the two-hour drive or whatever it is to uh, to Tampa uh, for the SEC tournament. So, Sean, we have a, a one last regular season game of the year uh, just what are your thoughts going into this game? Uh, Kentucky set to take on the Florida Gators the first time around. Things went very, very well in Kentucky's favor. It was a blowout 78-57 to 57 win uh, at home. How do you anticipate this uh, rematch game going? It's, it's going to be a, a high-level basketball game in Gainesville today. Obviously, Florida playing for their tournament lives. Like, this is uh, – one of the last-ditch efforts going into the SEC tournament for Florida. I think Florida's sitting there on the outside looking in, but they're in the picture when you're when you're looking at Joe Lenardi's projections. So they could play their way in. Probably not all the way in today with the win, but if you get a win today and you go win one in Tampa, get a quad one win or two there, then, then Florida's a tournament team. You heard John Calipari yesterday kind of pulling for them to be in the tournament, that they shouldn't even be on the bubble. I think that might have been a little bit of coach speak as well, trying to build the league up. But I expect a, a really good game today. I think it'll be somewhere around what the line is. I think Kentucky's probably a five or six point winner today, but it'll be a tough one. Yeah, the first time around, it was the uh, Oscar Sheboy show, as kind of everybody anticipated uh, right before the game started. Jay Billis said uh, that Oscar Sheboy was the leading candidate for player of the year. He goes out and goes for uh, 27 points, 19 rebounds, three steals, two assists. Uh, and that was kind of the game, I think, Sean, that uh, – as if as if we needed any more more confirmation, but that was the game that solidified Oscar Sheboy as the runaway favorite for National Player of the Year, um, and it was a head-to-head matchup with Colin Castleton, who is a heck of a player in his own right. Sean, he's a guy that uh, his face-up game is very impressive, very versatile player, uh, knockdown jumper from you know 15, 17 feet out. He's a very very good player. Uh, he puts up 18 point, uh, I believe, yeah, 18 points on eight of 12 shooting last time around. Seven rebounds so a, a, a very good player Kentucky's going up against but very fortunately for the Wildcats they have the great player in the matchup yeah they do and you know that Florida's going to be looking at that today thinking okay how do we stop Oscar Sheboy? and that opportunity there well that kind of scenario presents opportunities for a lot of other guys on this roster Florida's going to do everything they can to not let Oscar go for 30 and 15 or 27 and, and 16. Like if they keep Oscars in 14 to 15 points, keep him around 10 to 11 rebounds, Florida's probably going to think that they have a chance today, which means that Keon Brooks 
uh, these guards. Somebody else has to step up and do some things. Tata Washington did not get to play the full game against Florida the last time that they played. And, and I think today, looking at this, Jack, this is an opportunity where you want to be Kentucky and say, okay, this is where we were really, really elite defensively going up to this game. Tata goes out, and then our defense starts to slip. You've heard on the Zoom call with Cal and Grady yesterday, they've put a lot of effort and attention to detail into the defensive end of the floor the last few days in practice. This is an opportunity to say, okay, next time up against Florida, let's get ourselves right again going into this SEC tournament. Let's get the defensive end of the floor right. That's where Kentucky needs to have all of its focus on today. Defend at a high level, get back to what they were doing four weeks ago, and get ready for postseason play. And, and it was kind of funny because Cal kind of contradicted himself a little bit in that press conference because, you know, they, they were asked about the defensive intensity and effort, and, and clearly – that has been an area of concern. That's what we talked about this last uh, post-game show uh, where, you know, it was, again, another situation where Kentucky establishes a, a pretty solid lead uh, and then they kind of let off the gas a little bit late and, and give up some late buckets and, and a blowout win turns into a close win or even just a, a comfortable win, which, you know, again, you're never going to complain about a win, but uh, if you want to be kind of the best of the best in college basketball, uh, you you got to figure out a way to close out those games and play full, full four minute games uh, but I thought it was interesting that Cal said you know yeah we're, we're working on that in practice it's a, a clear area of of importance for us and a clear a clear area of emphasis that we're uh, working on in practice we're doing some things we're throwing in some new wrinkles to try to do that but uh, he kind of clarified himself and he said but look at the end of the day I expect my team to go out there and score 75 to 80 points a game, and that's enough to beat these teams. I think our defense is good enough, as is, to win these games. And he said, to be totally honest, winning is what matters. We care about winning these games, and if that's what it takes to win these games, I'm going to care more about making sure we get to that 80-point mark uh, instead of the you know making sure you win in a, a slugfest defensively. So I, I did kind of like the way he – uh, acknowledge that yeah there's some some clear need for improvement on that air, uh, on that end of the floor but no it, you know making uh, that next effort to say let's let's make one thing clear uh, our offense is our bread and butter and that's where we're going to be successful in the NCAA tournament yeah and that is that is interesting i hadn't even really thought of it where he was talking about you know the need to get better and all this stuff but then talking about outscoring people which kind of makes me wonder how much he thinks that it can get better over that's the true. next week to two weeks. but And that's what I kept coming back to, though. How many times have I said this over the last couple of weeks? Kentucky's efficiency on offense, I would rather have offensive efficiency at a high clip and the defensive efficiency be somewhere where it is right now than to be elite defensive, elite on the defensive end, but kind of middle of the pack offensively. Because I think as long as you're scoring points, and, and that's the object of the game is to score more than the other team, you're going to be able to put pressure on your opponent by getting into the 75 to 85 range. And I think that this is a team that when you get into postseason play, they're going to be able to do that. But the thing that I keep coming back to, there's going to be a game where the postseason grind hits you, where there's going to be one of those games like Kentucky played Houston in the Sweet 16 a few years ago or Wofford yeah. in the second round, where you have to defend at a high level when you're not hitting shots. And I think there's going to be a game where Kentucky's going to have to do that. Is this a team that I think can do that? I do. Can they defend at a high level for six straight? I want to see that starting today. I want to see them defend today at Florida and into this SEC tournament to, to show that they can do it consecutive games. Yeah, I mean, we've seen them score – 
100 points twice this year, 90 points a handful of times. Uh, they're averaging 80.4 points per game. So uh, we have seen the best of the best of this team uh, offensively. We know what this team is capable of there. And we've seen a couple uh, really strong showings defensively as well. You know, that Alabama performance where they held uh, Alabama to, you know, two for 100 or whatever they were from three. Uh, they have shown that they can be an elite defensive team, uh, but it's been about consistency and not letting out off the gas. It's It's been that last you know, couple TV timeout or two, that last eight minutes of the game where things really started to ease up on Kentucky's defensive effort. And I think that's been the frustration on Cal's end. And uh, I don't even know if it's necessarily a fundamental thing. I think it's kind of been a, uh, you know, more so an effort thing, uh, understanding that you have a 15, 20 point lead and you're like, all right, well, check the box. You know, we got this one locked up. Uh, there's no need for us to, you, you know, put our blood, sweat into tears every single play, uh, every single possession going down the home stretch. I think that's kind of been more of the effort than an actual fundamental issue. Uh, but I, I do appreciate that Cal acknowledged that, that, that it is something that they need to work on. And, and, you know, maybe it's just a, a, a mental thing. You just got to, you know, make sure everybody's back on the same page, especially going into March. But again, like, it's like we talked about uh, after the Ole Miss game, it's like, you know, are you, uh, is it more so the fact that Ole Miss is who they are and, uh, you know, they they knew that they were kind of a middle-of-the-pack SEC, lower-end SEC team? Uh, it, was that the the point or not? You know, I think that's kind of been, uh, you know, part of the frustration on his end. Yeah, uh, I think so too. And, and that's where today I'm looking at this thing and I want to see Kentucky kind of get back and get in rhythm to what they were – before Tata went down with his injury, before Savir got hurt. Did you hear me about calling him Sasa? Sasa Wheeler. Ty Ty and Sasa, the starting backcourt of Kentucky. No, I just want to see Kentucky kind of get back and get in that rhythm. And obviously last week at Arkansas, it was first game back. There was some rust there. Tuesday night, you're, you're still trying to work back and develop that chemistry. Ty Ty did not start. They gave Mintz the start for senior night. So today – allows you to kind of get back in that groove and that rhythm and get back to what the roles were before the injuries. You you get it today in Florida, come home and regroup for a few days, get some practices in, and then travel for the SEC tournament. And we'll know exactly where Kentucky is. If they win, they're a three. If they lose, they're a four. And uh, we'll see exactly what this bracket looks like tonight. It, it, there's a lot to there's a lot to play out in the SEC today. There's There's a lot going on between two through four. But there's a even there's even more when you look at five through nine. There's a log jam there with some of these teams. Yeah, and I guess we'll, we'll uh, and, and I, I did want to put one more note in there uh, about what Cal said defensively. He said this has also been a great opportunity for guys like Davion Mintz and, and Kellen Grady when Ty Ty and Savir were out with their respective injuries. Both of them were able to prove that. You know, they are high level defenders on their own right. They said that Davion may be our best defender, um, may be our best defender on the team. And and I think Kellen has shown that he's more than capable of being a high level defender. And and uh, more more so than anything, he's proven that he's a, a capable ball handler as well. Uh, so he said, you know, let's let's make one thing clear. Uh, this has been a, a great learning experience for this team as well because, you know, with Ty Ty and Savier out, it, it has presented more opportunities on both ends of the floor uh, for Kellen and, and Davion. And he said that might be more valuable than, you know, putting forth a bunch of elite uh, offensive and def defensive performance at, uh, at full strength. So uh, that was 
uh, a point that I wanted to add before we, you know, kind of go into the big picture type stuff. But yeah, Sean, it, it comes down to a three or a four seed uh, that Arkansas Tennessee game will determine uh, if if Kentucky slips down to that four, uh, you're, you're rooting for Arkansas today if you are uh, wanting that three seed. But at the same time, if you're a three seed, it's that late 930 game on Friday night. So, Sean, I guess uh, from your perspective, do you uh, obviously you want to win today? That, that's the, the biggest thing. So obviously you prefer a, a three seed because that would mean that Kentucky would win this game today. But uh, just from a tournament perspective only, do you think it's more beneficial for Kentucky to play that that you know noon game on Friday as a four seed or that nine thirty game uh, on Friday as that three seed? And I guess based on how how the seed lines look currently and what the potential matchups are, uh, what do you think favors Kentucky the most? Yeah, that's an interesting scenario. I've gone back and forth on it for the last two or three days on on what I'd prefer. T- to me, it's get the three because that means that you win today, and right. that impacts your seeding. In the NCAA tournament, I think if they lose today, then probably have a good chance of knocking you off the two seed line. You'd have to win in Tampa. I almost say Nashville every time I talk about the SEC tournament, but just looking at it, there's an advantage to being able to play early on Friday, having the full day off, and then come back and play the next day. But then again, you play the late game on Friday night. It doesn't really give you that much time to, to think. You just kind of regroup and you get up the next morning and you go play. The scouting report's already prepared regardless of what happens for both opponents or and, and everything throughout the day. But I'm going to say just get the three, play the, the 8 o'clock game on Friday night or whatever time that is, and then just don't worry about it. Just play basketball. When you get to this point in the year, everybody's kind of tired. Every, both those teams have played on Friday having to turn around and play on Saturday, just, just play and just get the three. Yeah. That, that's kind of the mindset I have right now. It's a, you know, it is what it is. Kentucky had the opportunities to be the one C they could have been a co-champion. They could have been the the outright champion, honestly. Um, you know, they could have solidified itself as that two seed. It didn't happen. It is what it is. They, if they had won that Arkansas game, then we wouldn't even, even be having these conversations. But now that we're in this position, it's one of those, you know what, give me whoever it is, give me whatever time the game is, give me whatever seed number we are. I don't care. I, I, I'm confident with this group. I think uh, that one of the best uh, best takeaways that we had against Ole Miss was that Ty Ty and Savir finally looked back to form. Both players were knocking down shots. Uh, another thing to keep in mind, Savir played very well uh, against Florida in that first matchup. So that's something I, I anticipate to, to for him to go back. You know, he didn't blow, blow – the, the you know top off Rupp Arena with his performance in terms of a, a numbers perspective, he only had nine points, six assists, three rebounds, but uh, he was just really efficient, really controlled basketball. Really liked what he did uh, that first time around. So I'm expecting him to to you know put forth another solid performance, and I am wanting to see Ty Ty build on that last performance that we saw against Ole Miss. I really liked what we saw from those two. Uh, it, again, if like Cal has said over and over again, if this team is at full strength and playing up to their capability. I, I, I don't think there's a team in the SEC that can beat them, and I think that it's, it's a clear Final Four team. Take take who we can get. I, I don't care who we have to play in the in the SEC tournament. I know it's going to be frustrating to play at that 930 game if it unfolds the way that it should with a win today. Is that uh, but 930? It, it, it is, yeah. It's, well, I it's, thought it's, it was 8 o'clock for some reason. Jeez. N- nah, it's, it's, give me the it's four. A, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, seven, I think. The game before starts at seven, I believe, and then it's the oh, yeah. third. It's the thirty-minute 
uh, you know, w- wait until the, the previous game ends. So see, there, there's a chance it could be 10 o'clock. See, that's where TV kind of throws things off. Like that thing should be a noon start and then like a 2.30 tip. And then you should have a short intermission to, to kind of get the, the session with tickets with fans, get them out, get them back in, and then start that thing at like 6 o'clock. Yeah. I mean, at least like save an hour, hour and a half. This was, but hey, look, Kentucky's done this late night stuff, right? I mean, Champions Classic <laughs> and everything, yeah. but they've not had to play the next morning or the next afternoon. But I think they'll be okay, though. I mean, we're we're talking about postseason basketball. Look at all the AAU these guys have played over the years, where they've played at eight o'clock in the morning and then turned around and played again at ten a.m. Like, yeah. it'll be fine. The only thing yeah, that yeah, worries but- me about tournament play in this SEC tournament, though, there's one thing that worries me. We're talking about a roster that has had durability issues all year long. The grind of three games in three days and essentially three games in less than two days, that worries me a little bit. I mean, we're talking three games in less than 48 hours if they get that three seed. That that yeah. worries me a little bit when it comes to holding guys up. You can't have Kellen Grady go play 36, 37 minutes, three straight games. Like they're, they're They would have to cut into some depth and get some guys some rest and, and get into that bench a little bit because you can't do that and then have that and get ready to go for the NCAA tournament. Like, you you don't want to wear guys down and run them into the ground and have another nagging injury pop up on you a week before the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of been the uh, – is it a good thing that you're getting Kellen Grady and Davion Mintz those opportunities and minutes? It was. I, that was an, uh, an absolute win, the timing. You know, obviously you, you never want injury – on anybody, but the timing couldn't have been better uh, in in terms of making sure you, those two guards are ready for the uh, for the moment. You know, like what you said. But on the flip side, they were also playing forty minutes a game, barely got any rest, and they did so for you know back to back performances. So uh, that is the downside, and and we're going to probably see you know Kellen Grady play another thirty five minutes at thirty two ish minutes at minimum. I I think uh, these next two hopefully three games but two most likely at minimum so uh that is something to keep in mind cal keeps saying fresh legs fresh mind those teams go the furthest in march and uh it, it you know when you play back to back like that and, and play the minutes that that they do sean i i, I kind of agree with you i think this could be an opportunity for guys like damian collins and bryce hopkins and you know maybe even a dante allen or something off the bench to at the very least if you get a firm lead, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be 25, 30 point lead, but if you can get a solid lead uh, and you're comfortable with the guys in the bench, you know, maintaining that lead, uh, I think that'd be a smart, smart thing, at least in that well, first, first round. Yeah. And and we'll dive into that SEC tournament stuff here in a couple of days. I mean, after, after tonight, it's, it's going to be a lot of heavy SEC tournament talk and previews and things like that. But there's one thing that I'm watching today that will play into what happens in Tampa who out of the two of Damian Collins and Bryce Hopkins makes the most of their minutes today? I mean, Cal, uh, did you find it surprising that Cal talked a lot about Damian the other night on post game and then the radio show and everything? Damian was the guy that he kept coming back to. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like he wants to play him and give him extended minutes and opportunities. If that's the case, you do it today. Even right. if he struggles for a second, don't let him make a mistake. Don't yank him out as soon as he does something. If you're if you're that committed that he's going to be the reason whether you advance or not, then I think you want to see him play extended minutes. I think that will be something to watch today. If Damien gets in there, does Cal kind of just let him play, or does Cal still have that like tight leash 
and kills. Okay, you made a mistake. I got to get you out. Go back and get him, Keon. Go back and get him, Jacob. Uh, is it the same thing with Bryce? They're going to need one of those two guys when you get into tournament format to provide some depth, even if it's just five or six minutes of action. You you need one of those guys to be able to be consistent. And I don't even think it needs to be a Bryce one game, Damian the next game. You need one guy to step up and you know what you're getting from him and you can get consistent six to eight minutes a game from him because I think that would go a long way when it comes to keeping guys fresh in the uh, quick turnarounds for these tournament games coming up. I know the SEC tournament's a super quick turnaround, but the NCAA tournament, you do have a day of preparation in between, but that's still a quick turnaround. It's, it's quicker than you've done on any other uh, situation in the regular season. Yeah, Damian today is a great opportunity with that, with, with Colin Castleton. That's a dude that he's long. He's a uh, you know face-up type guy, versatile down low. That I mean, that's kind of the type of player that Oscar has struggled with. And again, Oscar demolished him in the first matchup. And uh, I know there was a lot of talk earlier in the SEC play that, oh, uh, Colin Castleton's up there with Oscar and, and uh, Walker Kessler as the top big men in the SEC. There's not a competition. It's clearly uh, Oscar one, Walker two, and then a distant, distant third being Colin. But uh, he is a very solid player, and this could be a very nice opportunity for Damian to to show off that length and show what he can do from a shot blocking perspective. At least go in there again, like that that Marcus Lee type of impact. What we've seen Damian come in and do that three four games this year already. Just come in, block some shots, dive for a, a loose ball or two, uh, you know, convert on an alley oop or two. You know, maybe make make a couple free throws. That's all he has to do. We're not asking him to come in and be a, a twenty and twenty type guy. We're just saying come in, be you know, give you a six and give Kentucky six and four uh, with with a block or two. And I think that's that's more than enough that we need to see from from Damian. And that could be a, a game changer when these games get into that one and done uh, winner go home type scenario. I think that'd be a perfect situation for him. And I think today would be a great a great kind of stepping stool for that. And with the defensive issues that they've had, and I, I think that they're they're curable and and they're they're able to to work through those. I think it all starts with being able to contain the basketball better than what they have in recent weeks. And that starts with your guards uh, and Savir and Tatai. You need Savir to get back to doing what he was doing when he's defending the ball 70 feet from the basket. I know you have opportunities to run into screens and and things like he got blindsided a couple of times this year, but you have to communicate. I think that changes the way things go. But when it comes to Damian, it kind of feels like it's it's what they need right now. They need someone with length to affect the game and block some shots. And I think Cal is looking at him and saying, okay, you're the one guy on this roster that can do what we actually do not do. Like they defend and do all these other things, but they don't have that elite rim protector. I'm not saying that Damian's going to come in and be Anthony Davis or Nerlens Noel, but his length and somewhere near the rim, just can it affect maybe two or three shots a game in his eight minutes that he plays? If he does and you're in a close game, those two or three misses or two or three blocks or – uh, rebounds could it could make an impact, and I think that's what Cal's looking at. Yeah, I think that's uh, uh, definitely a scenario worth watching. I definitely think that this could be a Damian Collins type game at the very least. Uh, you know, I I still am very high on Bryce Hopkins. Again, I hope he sticks it out, and and uh, I think that we could see some something out of him. I mean, that he, it's just crazy that he goes from that 13 point performance looking like a, a future star uh, to then almost no, no production, no playing time, the very next game. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think th those two are, are interesting to keep an eye on. Yeah, they are for sure. And uh, definitely keep an eye on those two today. And then on the defensive end 
And uh, all this, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to believe that we're at the regular season finale and it's Facebook memory starting to pop up on me, Jack, you know, where we were two years ago, <laughs> me and you. Uh, I think Gainesville or yeah, before we the were, world shut down. That was the first time I saw someone with a mask on their face. And I looked at you and said, why is that guy wearing a mask? And then four days yeah. later, we were all wearing masks. Isn't that crazy? It's the craziest story. Right before the whole world shut down. And uh, yeah, hopefully, that last time. Hopefully nobody has a wad of cash by their face tonight on a video. If they do, it's NIL money. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's hope not. But uh, let's get out of here uh, with uh, let's do some quick uh, pr- predictions and uh, MVP guesses. And I, I get, yeah, score, score predictions and MVP guess. We'll start with you, Sean. I'm going to say Kentucky 74, Florida 68. Ty Washington's my MVP. He goes for 20 plus. Oh, I, I would love, love to see Ty Ty go for 20 right before the SEC tournament. I think that's uh that would be fantastic. I'm going to go Kentucky 81, Florida 69. I think they, they cover the spread. I think it's a very solid, strong victory. And I think Xavier Wheeler is my MVP. Uh, I think that uh, we we get strong strong performances from both of Kentucky's uh, backcourt stars. So that that's that's definitely what I'm thinking. So we're going to go a, a strong victory with Xavier uh, Will as my MVP. So let's get out of here. Uh, uh, this should come out right before the game starts. So hopefully everybody has enough time to listen to this. But uh, um, let's get it. one final message from our friends at Prize Picks. The NBA season is well underway and there isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite former wildcats play than by playing daily fantasy with our friends at prize picks prize picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and just pits you against the numbers whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual basketball fan looking to add some excitement to the game prize fix is the perfect game for you you simply select two to five players and predict if they will go over or under their projection prize picks gives you the chance to win 10 times your money for getting four or five predictions correct, download the Prize Picks app or visit PrizePicks.com using promo code Pilgrim to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Don't forget that's the Prize Picks app or PrizePicks.com using promo code Pilgrim to get uh, to claim your bonus today and take your viewing of your favorite former Kentucky Stars to the next level. Sean, uh, where can fans find your work? You can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry. Find me on Twitter as well at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email at jpilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we'll be back after the game for a post-game show. Uh, we will see you next time.